0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider with Ashley Perry. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Ashley Perry, advisor to the Middle East Forum's Israel office, join us here each week to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Mr. Perry will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Ashley Perry.
1: Thank you very much, Stacey, and good evening from Israel. Uh, and there's really only one place to start tonight, and that's the reportedly impending uh, return to the JCPOA, the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, let's take a few steps back to see how uh, we got to where we are today and uh, what that means for Israel, what Israel is doing, and what it means uh, domestically, politically, and diplomatically? Well, first of all, uh, recently the Europeans, as we know, the, uh, uh, the Iranian negotiations is Iran on one side, the people, uh, five plus one, uh, which is the uh, the five permanent members of the Security Council, uh, the UK, the US, uh, um, uh, France, um, uh, China, and Russia plus Germany, uh, negotiating with Iran on a return to the uh, 2015 uh, JCPOA, uh, that uh, as we know, former US President Donald Trump removed himself, uh, removed the US from. Uh, this is an attempt at return, uh, which has been ongoing for at least a year, if not longer. Um, a couple of weeks ago or recently, the EU uh, members, led by the EU diplomatic uh, leader Borrell, basically sent the Iranians a take it or leave it uh, draft. Now, usually in take it or leave it, it means just that. It, this is the agreement. You either take it or leave it. Uh, it clearly wasn't because they allowed the Iranians to make uh, significant changes to that. Uh, the changes were sent back to the uh, the Europeans. Uh, the Europeans didn't dismiss them, uh, these changes. They sent them on to the US uh, for their comments. The US sent their comments back to the Europeans, which sent it on to the Iranians. And the Iranians have reportedly tonight... Uh, confirmed that they've received the U.S. comments on their comments on the EU's take it or leave it, if you can follow all that. Um, Reportedly, the two major sticking points to return to the deal uh, were left out of the Iranian uh, comments or or, uh, rebuttals or or whatever you want to call it on the EU's um, uh, uh, draft of the deal, the so-called take it or leave it. Uh, the first one is that uh, ever since uh, uh, President Trump uh, basically uh, made uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards uh, one of the main bodies in Iran and one which has uh, basically uh, been accused of uh, uh, sowing not just discord at home, obviously it rules with an iron fist, helps the regime, the Ayatollahs rule with an iron fist, but also uh, has its basically its its arms, its tentacles, uh, in Yemen, in, uh, with Hezbollah in Lebanon, in Syria, in Iraq, uh, and elsewhere. And reportedly has been behind attempted assassinations of former senior uh, American officials like uh, John Bolton, uh, and even reportedly um, with the person who stabbed um, uh, Salman Rushdie uh, recently. Um, there was talk a few months ago of the Biden administration uh removing them uh from the terrorist designation and reportedly Israel when fighting out got uh, incensed by that and made the case to so the Biden administration which certainly walked that back we if we remember we talked about this a few months ago the chief of staff uh the US chief of staff was the first one to say that he does not recommend removing it um from uh the uh, list of terrorist uh, organizations which allowed the Biden administration to come down claiming that it never intended to but clearly there was you know there was uh no smoke without fire as they say so that's one of the major sticking points the iranians demanded at one point that that was going to be a key uh demand that the revolutionary guards would be taken out of that list of designation uh, designated terrorist organizations that uh, reportedly is not in uh the draft that the iranians sent back to the europeans the second uh point uh, just as important is uh, currently the IAEA, the um, international uh, nuclear uh, watchdog, launched um, an investigation against Iran. As as we know, the IAEA has been following uh, Iranian uh, nuclear ambitions for a number of years. They've had cameras in certain places. They're allowed to do spot checks, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they found um, nuclear material at a site which was not designated or allowed to Uh, be involved in uh, the nuclear research and the Iranians have not been able to give a credible answer as to why that was. Uh, The IAEA head has basically said that this is uh, an investigation. The the Iranians have not given a credible answer um, and the investigation is ongoing. This has obviously embarrassed the Iranians and Iran did make a demand uh, at one point. uh, It seems that the investigation would be halted before return. Uh, to the uh, nuclear deal, uh, that or as again is reportedly not in the latest draft. But uh, you know, we're hearing coming out from Tehran that they say it may not be in the agreement. But we will not implement the agreement until that uh, particular demand has been met. So though those two sticking points, reportedly the major sticking points, are no longer in the latest round of drafts, it does seem. That uh, we are very, very close. All the noise seems to be that we're very, very close uh, to a return to the JCPOA. Uh, certainly in Israel, there was a feeling that uh, we're very close. Uh, Prime Minister Yale appeared, held a pre- press conference today for foreign reporters, where he basically said this is a terrible deal. He laid out some of the problems that Israel has, most reportedly, that this is going to give sanctions relief. Uh, to the tune of $100 billion a year. Um, Alternate Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, who we actually haven't heard from pretty much since he resigned, came out uh, because he's supposed to have the uh, case or or the the file in the Israeli government to deal with the Iranian issue. And he came out and quoted the number a quarter of a trillion uh, dollars. So I guess he's probably uh, talking more over a number of years. But certainly that's a massive cash injection to the Iranian economy, if this deal will be signed, and while you know the Iranians may say we need that for our economy, for education, for uh, health, and for things like that, it is clear over the years those people have been following uh, what the Iranians have been doing that much of that budget uh, will be used to buttress uh, their nefarious um, work in the region. Uh, as I said, funding terrorist organizations, terrorist regimes, uh, you know, pushing against Sunni influence, uh, trying to win over as many states, this sort of Shiite crescent that uh, has long been spoken about that is uh, certainly coming together quite nicely uh, for the Iranians. And a return to the agreement would free up a lot of money for these uh, regional ambitions that the Iranians have long held uh, at at an extremely crucial time. If you look at all those countries, uh, which which have at least a, a big part under Iranian influence, it's very, very crucial times. With uh, Lebanon uh, really facing a massive economic uh, downturn, um, in, in Yemen, you know the civil war continues in Iraq. It's it's a very crucial time with Iranian-backed uh, forces, political forces there uh, making power plays, um, and Syria, as we know, continues to be very much under the influence uh, of Iran. So, you know, the Israeli argument is that this is the worst time. Uh, possible to be giving them sanctions relief, um, etc. cetera. Uh, Yale yeah. Lapid made that point. He made the point, again, strongly, that Israel is not against any agreement. Israel is against this agreement. They do not feel, Israeli officials do not feel that the West uh, has got enough uh, from uh, you know Iranian bad intentions over the years. The fact that Iran uh, has... Um, has pretty much reached weaponized enrichment. Um, There is a talk of returning to the original limits, which I think are 3.25 or 3.75, which are extremely low uh, enriched um, uh, uranium. But the question is what happens to all that has been enriched to much higher percentages to uh, possible nuclear weapons uh, level enriched uh, uranium. That's the big question, because even if they do go back now to only enriching to a very low Percentage. What's going to happen to all, all that's happened before? Another point that Israel makes is, what's what about um, the Iranian ballistic uh, missile program, which would obviously uh, be extremely necessary to weaponize uh, the nuclear, uh, uh, you know, the, the uranium uh, to be to fit for a, a, a supposed uh, nuclear weapon a little bit down the line. Also, this idea that the Americans were touting at the beginning of the Biden administration that the return to agreement would be longer and stronger. We've noticed that there's been far less, if any, uh, voices touting that any longer. It's not longer, and it's certainly not stronger, and this certainly worries uh, Israel. Um, It's certainly also playing up domestically, uh, alongside Yair Lapid holding his press conference. Uh, Former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu also held a press conference today. It's not uh, like those days where, as Prime Minister, everything that he said would be you know, would stop the news on all the major news channels. None of them featured it. It, was barely, it barely made a, a blip uh, because of everything else that's going on in the Israeli media. But he certainly laid out the case, also politically saying that this is a worse deal than the first one, because obviously, as we know, it was under his tenure that the first one was agreed, under former President Obama. Uh, as we remember, Netanyahu went to Congress to try and stop the deal and really went to great lengths, uh, failing to do so. So he's certainly trying to make political hay out of this um, and will certainly play into his uh, supporters who believe that this government is weak and doesn't stand up to uh, to the Americans. What we also know is that the National Security Advisor Haluta is in Washington trying to argue against uh, the agreement, or at least at this point, influence it in some way. Uh, Benny Gantz, uh, the Defence Minister, is leaving, I think, tonight or tomorrow uh, for Washington, also. Uh, to meet with uh, the leader of CENTCOM, a Central Command, to the US, that Israel has been placed under. It was moved from the European uh, command to uh, the more Middle East regional one. So, obviously, very important discussions that are going to take place um, over the next few days uh, on on Iran, especially, and Israel will continue making its case why this is a bad agreement. Why even if this is agreement is to be signed, at some of the Uh, aspects or facets have to be changed. Uh, Lapid has spoken to uh, the leaders in Germany and France over the last uh, couple of days and uh, various levels uh, in the UK to try and influence. There is a belief that the Chinese and Russians, for obvious reasons, cannot be influenced. So they're trying to influence the US primarily, but uh, secondarily also uh, the Europeans. Uh, Moving on a little bit during the last few minutes of my opening remarks to the internal political situation. We had a bit of a bombshell. Again, as, as I've laid out, uh, I think, before in previous webinars, uh, the Israeli polling scene is very much dictated according to the media interests. You know, the, uh, as I've said, some of the pollsters in Israel, the first question they ask is, what kind of results do you want to see? And the fact that there are polls released, if not daily, every couple of days, at least a couple of times a week, shows, you know, that there is a great uh, feeling Uh, on behalf of the media that polls are of great interest to the public. Uh, That that obviously is a debate, but obviously when you're releasing polls so often you have to make them interesting. So tonight's major headline was that Bethlehem Smotrich of the Religious Zionist Party, a major part of a potential future uh, Netanyahu government, did not pass the electoral threshold. Now why that's most uh, interesting is because, as we know in the last elections, uh, Smotrich's Religious Science Party ran with Osmai uh, Yudit, Jewish power, perhaps you would translate it, of Ben uh, Benkveh. Itamar Ben is certainly the rising star of Israeli politics. The far-right um, leader is polling anything from seven to nine while he sees his uh, erstwhile former partner Smotrich, struggling either just above the electoral threshold or, as tonight we saw, below. Now. Um, Smotrich and Benkevere were negotiating uh, up until recently, at least, to run together again. And a couple of weeks ago, Benkevere offered uh, to have four seats in the top ten and perhaps even negotiate on the fourth. And Smotrich didn't want this deal. He wanted to see what kind of lineup he would have in his primaries. He had the primaries this week. Uh, His sitting members of Knesset pretty much uh, continued at the top of the list. Nothing really changed there. But what has changed now is Ben uh, position. Uh, he's got greater leverage. And he's basically been saying uh, what's been called uh, in Israel the zipper offer, which means um, Smotrich gets number one, Ben gets number two. And then Smotrich and Ben trade off each position. So now Ben is asking for five out of the top 10. He's also asking to be added to the name of the party. These days, parties officially are, uh, are the names of the parties plus the leader. So it would be the religious Zionist led by Vitsalos Motrich and Itamar ben That's certainly not something that he has ever mentioned in the last year or so since that partnership first developed. Uh, so it's clear that ben Gvir feels pretty confident. As I said, it's possible that he could end up being the, the fourth largest party after Likud Yesh Atid and um, the Mahaneh Mamlokhti of Benny Gantz and uh, Gidon Saar and Gadi Eisenkot. And that is certainly a major, major step forward. And it seems like the cards are very much uh, back in Ben Kavir's hand. Uh, ben Kavir did say, I think it was 24 hours ago, that he gives Smotrich 48 hours to respond to this demand, the, the, the zipper offers, as it's been called in the Israeli media. Uh, but it's clear that Ben Kavir certainly likes this situation, is very happy about this situation, and likes to see perhaps Smotrich uh, will squirm at uh, reading those results tonight, according to his uh, those close to him, he doesn't really believe this poll. His poll is showing that uh, his party is doing quite well, and other polls have certainly shown them doing as well as six or seven, almost equal to what Ben Gurion is doing. So, uh, despite the headlines, as much as it doesn't feel that much pressure, I still do believe that they want to run together, and certainly uh, former Prime Minister um, uh, Netanyahu is trying to put a lot of pressure as much as possible for them to run together because he doesn't want to take any risk. Because as we saw in the poll tonight, if Batsalov Smatrych does not pass the electoral threshold, then he gets something at 57 or 58, which pushes him further away from that 61. So for him, it's absolutely uh, imperative that the two run together. Finally, something which is probably but just behind Iran, or maybe even ahead of Iran, talked about uh, in Israel, is a potential teacher strike ahead of the opening of the school year on September 1st. Now, why this is important to politics? Because it's a big play here by Avigdor Liebman, the finance minister. At the moment, it's the finance ministry, uh, which is seen up against uh, the leaders of the teachers' union. As we know, in Israel, it's a byproduct of Israel's socialist past. The unions still have a certain amount of, or quite a lot of power, and the teachers' union have a lot of power. They're saying that they will strike at the beginning of the year if their demands for higher salaries are not met. Avigdor Liebman wants to make it more of a merit based. Uh, rise in salaries rather than just uh, uh, you know the length of time a teacher has been in their job if they get good results if their students get good results they should be rewarded it should be meritocracy rather than just the amount of time they also want to align some of the school holidays with the amount with the days that uh, people get off during the year in other words the Jewish holidays etc uh, etc cetera, et cetera. These are all very reasonable demands but um, the leader of the teachers union, who who wield tremendous amount of power and tremendous PR budgets, are basically making the case that that none of these um, demands by the foreign minister are reasonable, and all they want is uh, a raise in the the salary, and the school year will not start uh, without it. As one can imagine, with a couple of months for elections, there's a lot of worry that this could uh, hamper many parties in the current coalition. So uh, Prime Minister uh, Yale Lapid has tried to take the reins of these negotiations a little bit. Education minister, uh, Shashabiton has criticized Liebman as has uh, health minister Nitzan Horowitz uh, and, uh, and Zef Elkin who's the Jerusalem um, minister as well. So there's a lot of pressure on Abidur Liebman to wilt here to give uh, the teachers union pretty much whatever they want. So the school year starts So people will not go angry into the election period. It's a big power play. We'll have to see how this works out. Uh, Knowing Victor Lehman, he will not want to wilt. He said, the only way I'm compromising on this is if you fire me. Um, And it really is, we'll we'll see what happens. If he manages to get his way, then certainly it will put him in good stead uh, in the upcoming elections. If he backs down, if he's forced to back down, perhaps by some of his coalition partners, then certainly that will not help his uh certainly uh you know uh stalling election campaign because he's stuck pretty much at 5 at most 6 according to all polls so it's not a major international diplomatic event but certainly one that's uh, discussed uh, around um you know the the, the 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 dining room tables uh in Israel and certainly one that if it's not worked out amicably could impact on the elections ahead and with that, I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: All right, thank you so much. The first question is from Eric. When the f- original Iranian deal was made in 2015, much of the deal with Sunset in 2025, is that still the case? And Kerry Hillebrand follows up, has the Biden administration offered any response to how to handle Sunset clauses?
1: Well, it's pretty much, from what my understanding is, it's pretty much returned to the original agreement. There's no extension. Uh, It's not, as I said, longer or stronger, which is something that Biden officials and their cheerleaders were touting at the beginning of the return to negotiations at the beginning of the Biden administration, Uh, and my understanding is it's pretty much a return to the timetable, um, and that's why some in Israel are saying that uh, Iran could return to major elements of uh, a, a nuclear weapon program within only a couple of years.
0: Thank you so much. An Anonymous attendee asks, Gantz and others are arguing against the renewed JCPOA. Are the Arab nations not doing the same? Is there anything specific that Sunni Arab countries are doing to bolster Israel's objections?
1: Well, it's not, they're not, they wouldn't be, if they're objecting, it certainly wouldn't be because of Israel. They have their own grievances, they have their own worries. And interestingly, again, you can sometimes gauge where things are going by how the moderate uh, Sunni nations are reacting. And we've seen a return of um, the UAE ambassador to Tehran for the first time in many years, which gives a signal that some in the Sunni uh, region are starting to understand that, you know, Iran is gaining a little bit of its power back, potentially, uh, with a return to the JCPOA, and they do not want to be necessarily, you know, we we we've talked in the past about this concept of a strong horse uh, in in the in the in the Middle East, and, and many of those pragmatic Sunni nations uh, wait to see who is, uh, you know, the, the the you know strong in the region during the Trump regime, where a lot of emphasis was put on uh, the Sunni regi- uh, regimes on on Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and even the Abraham, of course, Then you know there was a very very good and strong relationship, and these nations felt a lot more comfortable uh, going against Iran. Now it seems that Iran are negotiating its way back to JCPOA and going to get sanctions relief, and certainly the pressure on Iran will will lessen. So we see uh, signs that uh, these moderate, pragmatic uh, Sunni nations are understanding the way the wind is blowing. They are still adamantly against um, the deal. Uh, They would be uh, voicing their own opinions, they will not be as loud as Israel's, they will be more quiet behind the scenes, more diplomatic, uh, one could argue, but they're certainly no less worried about uh, a return to this deal, uh, not least for the nuclear, uh, potential nuclear weapons at the end of it, but also the sanctions relief, because as one can imagine, uh, Iran that's fighting uh, these countries' interests all over the region, will suddenly get a massive cash injection, so certainly they will be making their Uh, this known uh, to the Americans and the Europeans and even the Russians and the Chinese and they'll probably have a little bit more leverage than Israel does uh, with those two two last nations Um, but they'll certainly be doing it a a lot more quietly than uh, Israel is. Absolutely
0: Robert Larragas regarding the Iranian deal uh, what what are the motives for the Europeans? The money flowing into Iran for more missiles and instability threatens them and their oil supply. Does it not? Uh, it's not just nukes alone. Is that isn't the problem? Is it?
1: Well, first of all, um, there is a belief. It's it's a sincere belief. Israel uh, certainly disagrees with it, but there is a sincere belief that this is the best way to stop. Um, a an Iranian nuclear weapon. That's what the Europeans believe. that's what the Biden administration believes. That is a sincere belief. Israel uh, disagrees with it, but th- they don't believe that there's any nefarious um, intentions there. Um, certainly, everybody would prefer for some of these other elements to be put in uh, about you know the terrorist proxies, et cetera, et cetera. But they were not put into the first agreement, so it would have been extremely hard. And there may have been some efforts, but certainly they would have been uh, rebuffed by Tehran to add other elements to the JCPOA. Um, Basically, the Iranians were quite um, strong uh, from the beginning, That the only issue is a return to the former JCPOA. And you know what we've seen, by the way, with its demands on the Iranian Revolutionary Guards and the inspections and the investigation of the IAEA uh, were not in the original agreement. So perhaps that's a case that the West made uh, to why they were able to take it out. So unfortunately, these issues, even you know, this this is something that former Prime Minister Netanyahu said in 2015 ahead of uh, the original signing that you know it should be broad, it should talk about. Iranian uh, regional aggression, its support for terrorist organizations, um, but these were things that were never seriously uh, discussed, and certainly not in the, JCP- the final JCPOA. So it's you know it, it just was a non-starter uh, to suddenly uh, put them back in at this late stage.
0: Thanks so much, Murray Feldman. Actually, follows up on that. What exactly does Gantz hope to accomplish in the U.S.? What what would he like to see within a renewed JCPOA, if it does go that way.
1: Well, I think I think at this point it, it's about the details. If you know the Americans have already sent off, uh, you know their response to the Iranian response to the uh, European response, uh, the likelihood of stopping it uh, is minimal. Uh, so perhaps influencing maybe some details at this late stage. It's unlikely that there'll be details, but what's more likely is a implementation. Uh, they'll be uh, explaining to them. Uh, the Americans exactly, you know, watch this, watch that, We, you know, giving over maybe some more intelligence of where uh, Iran is, is not going to implement the deal where it has failed to in the past uh, and what it's been doing uh, since. And also there'll be the, you know, one of the most important things is Gantz will be making the case to the Americans as Lapid did today and Bennett has before and Netanyahu did before that. That Israel is not party to this deal. It does not feel itself constrained by ele- any elements of the deal. And if it feels that it, uh, Iran has got to the point of no return, if they feel that Iran is cheating and moving further towards uh, a, a, a nuclear weapon uh, capability, then it reserves the right uh, to take whatever action is necessary. And that's a warning that the Americans certainly, uh, that Israel will want to, to the Americans to hear in person. Um, uh, and, you know, see see what the reaction uh, is to that. The interesting thing is um, a Saudi newspaper based in London reported that uh, a few months ago, Israel, uh, some training exercises of the Israel Air Force actually entered Iranian airspace. Now, whether it did or not is less important at this point by the fact that um, uh, this was clearly leaked to try and put pressure uh, to show that Israel does have the capability, if necessary, um, to strike Iran. And uh, this will certainly be a message that will that is sent uh, to Washington, to London, uh, to Paris and to Berlin to show that Israel is still preparing for the possibility and Israel thinks a very strong possibility that Iran will continue its nuclear weapons program and uh, it may get to a point where Israel will uh, feel the need uh, to stop it militarily.
0: Absolutely. So I'm sure you just you just answered this question. But Larry Greenberg asked, in, in not so many words, uh, has Israel publicly announced that it is not bound to any agreement to which it is not a party?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's obvious. If it's not a signatory to a deal, it's not bound by it. Uh, but I, I should caveat my previous remarks. What is clear is after the 2015 uh, original JCPOA was signed, it did limit Israel's ability uh, to a certain extent uh, Before that date certainly America and Israel had uh, worked quite together uh, quite a lot together covertly to try and nu- neutralize some aspects of the Iranian nuclear program uh, whether it's through Stuxnix or, or some of the other uh, programs that were put in to bring down certain uh, elements, technological elements etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Once the agreement was signed, what we did see from the Americans is certainly a massive, step back from assisting and working with uh, Israel and others uh, to work against the Iranian nuclear program. And even a sort of message to Israel, we've got to give it a chance. And I think we'll be hearing the same sort of thing. So Israel's room for maneuver after the signing or the return or whatever it is uh, to the JCPOA will be narrower. It will certainly not want to embarrass the Americans. The Americans won't want it to embarrass them. Uh, so certainly that, you know, while Israel will be saying that we will do everything necessary, they will be certainly hearing from the Americans, give this agreement a chance with a massive asterisk uh, uh, placed on
0: that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So we've come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Ashley, thank you again for taking time to update us this week. For our viewers and listeners, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for a webinar with Nadine. Minza discussing fighting for religious freedom in the Middle East. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day.